Hey, this is Pastor Zach, and thanks for listening to the Center Point Church Podcast. Remember, hope is alive, and his name is Jesus. Good morning, church. How are we doing today? Hi, welcome to Center Point Church, where four of us are happy to be here today. Good morning, church. How are we doing today? Come on. Guys, it's like it's Christmas time. This is supposed to be when, like, you have all the warm and fuzzies coming to church. Uh, but I understand for some of you, this season may not represent warm and fuzzies. And, and for that, I'm truly sorry. But I hope today, the hour you spend with us here, um, I pray that God speaks to each and every one of us. Whether you came expecting him to or not, uh, I hope God shows up today. That's my prayer before you got here today is that God would speak to you. That whatever you have going on today in your life, God would, God would already know. He, he does already know, and, and he's here to meet you today. And so um, I know we just jumped in real heavy talking about the, the spiritual stuff, but that's what I wanted to tell you today. And so welcome to Centerpoint. We are so glad you're here. My name is Zach. I am the pastor. If we have some first-time guests, I know we do. Man, welcome. We're so glad you guys are here today. Hey, church, can we give it up for our first-time people? Come on. Going to a new church is always nerve-wracking. You know, you go to churches and they're like, hey, do we have any new people here? I want you to stand to your feet and tell us your name right here in front of God and everybody, right? You know what I mean? And so when you're a new person somewhere, you're sitting in your seat and you're just like, mm, like you're like trying to clench your, your cheeks to like hold on to the seat. And it's like, you know, I don't want to stand up. Like, I do not want to stand up. Do not call on me. Do not embarrass me. I know what that's like because I've been to churches visiting before. And they're like, hey, friend, are you a first-time guest? Stand up, tell us your name, where you're from, and the greatest sins you're dealing with in your life right there. You know what I mean? So. It's kind of awful. So uh, if you are a first-time guest, we just want you, uh, we just want you to, to, we want you to know that we want you to feel welcome here. And, uh, and we want this place to feel like home to you. That's why we have banners out front that say, welcome home. Because when you come home, you should feel at home. You should feel some comfort. You should feel uh, a warmth and a welcoming peace that meets you there. Um, Christmas time, it seems to bring out the warm and fuzzies, and um, I did not preach on Christmas last week. I wanted to, to squeeze out just one more week before I had to, to jump into talking about Christmas, and, and, and so we're going to jump into today, and we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about it, and you know, I, I hope that you're getting all your shopping done. Who here, I will embarrass somebody, I'm not going to make you stand up, but who will admit today, I've already done all of my Christmas shopping, I'm done, I'm, I don't have to buy anything else, anybody right here. We got somebody in the back, it's already done, all right, yeah. And I know that person, and I know how often the UPS guy is making Amazon deliveries to their house. And so uh, I, I know they've probably got theirs done. Uh, I don't think Jan and I have started. I think we bought Wyatt one thing, and he's like 11 months old, and he was with us, like staring at it while we bought it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Wyatt's my son, and uh, we're like new parents, and it's like real funny. We're like, oh, we got to buy like a kid Christmas gifts this year. Like, it's just real funny. Like, your perspective shifts, and you don't think about this stuff. And, um, and so we were... Uh, we have not really started at all buying Christmas presents just yet, and so we may do one of those years where we're like, let's just give each other hugs and cookies and not buy gifts for each other, but, uh, and then all of our nieces and nephews will say, that really sucks. You should buy us toys, and if you ever met my two nieces, you would know they would directly say that to me, so, <laughs> but there are many themes uh, in regard to the entire Christmas story. When we start diving into the scripture and, and, and the Christmas story, and, and many of you, if you grew up in church or, um, you know, for a lot of us here, we're probably really familiar with the Christmas story. And there are these different themes that appear. The virgin birth, a manger, animals, 
wise men, shepherds, um, a bounty on a baby's head. You know, these are all themes that come up when we talk about Christmas, you know, animals, a nativity scene. I saw a meme this week that's really hilarious, and um, uh, it was like, I'm waiting on my grandma to realize the extra people who are at the uh, nativity scene. And like, they had found her at grandmother's nativity scene, but there was like a little Yoda there, you know, like Neilan and a couple other interesting characters there in the nativity scene. And, and, um, and we're just, we're so familiar with it. We see a nativity scene, we can see the shape, uh, like the silhouette of a nativity of, of a barn, a stable, and like a staff. And we know, oh, that's a Christmas nativity scene. Like, we're so familiar with it. And so, um, when it comes around to preaching about Christmas, it gets kind of difficult because it's like everybody. You know, it always feels like as a pastor, it's like, everybody already knows this stuff. How do, how do I make this fresh? Christmas is actually one of the more difficult times as a pastor, in my opinion, to preach. Because it's like, we got to be kind of fresh, got to bring something cool. And so um, I want to preach today from uh, one, of, one of the parts of the Christmas story that, that is sometimes overlooked. Um, we don't really put a lot of emphasis on this part, and I love this particular part, and, and I think I preached it a couple years ago um, on this same piece of Scripture, and I pulled it out and wanted to use the same piece again because it's one of my favorite parts of the Christmas story, and it, and it leads into the birth of Jesus. And so over the next few weeks, I want us to take a look at some aspects of this story to hopefully encourage and challenge you through this timeless story. I want, I want you to, to get something out of this more than just, okay, and then there were shepherds, and there were wise men, and there were animals in a stable, and the king wanted the baby dead. Like, like I, you know, those are all the things. It's like we ramble off, we know, and it just, you know, goes through in one ear, out the other. And I want to I wanna give us some depth here just a little bit. And so I love this part that we're going to talk about today of the Christmas story, even though it's not usually part of what we know is the Christmas story. And the Christmas story is actually documented in a few of the Gospels in the New Testament. And today I want to look from the book of Luke in the New Testament. If you have your Bible and you want to turn to Luke, we're going to jump right in to Luke 1. So it'll be the beginning of Luke, the book of Luke. And I want to take a look at this scripture. And what's going on here is the story begins with an older woman and her husband, Elizabeth and Zechariah. Now, let me give you a backstory about Elizabeth and Zechariah. They couldn't have children. And uh, then an angel comes to them and tells them, you are going to have a baby. Well, I thought the angel came to Mary. Uh, well, the angel did. But before that, the angel came to Elizabeth and Zechariah and said, you're going to have the baby. And this baby would later become John the Baptist. And if you've um, been in Sunday school ever, you've probably read a story about John the Baptist or heard about John the Baptist or at least familiar with the name. And this is where John comes from. This is his origin story for you superhero fans out there, right? And so here's where we're going to pick up in Luke 1, 26. Bear with me. This is a longer piece of scripture, but it's good. Check this out. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy... God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Uh, hello, how are you today? Uh, that's an interesting way to greet me on this beautiful December day if you will, or whenever it would be, right? 
But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come onto you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative. This is where we learn of the relationship between Jesus and John the Baptist here. Even, your, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who has said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb leaped. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she, exc she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, and I love this part, and Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months, and then she returned home. There's a few reasons why this is one of my favorite parts of the Christmas story, yet we never really read this part. When Grandpa sits down with the whole family and reads the Christmas story, and often this part doesn't get put in there, but, but I want to look at this today because as you can tell by my excitement even reading it, there's a lot of good stuff happening here. If you're taking notes with me today, I want you to write down a couple things. I want to give you a few things from the scripture that we can apply to our lives. The first of which is this right here, God's perfect timing. I talk about God's perfect timing uh, a lot because uh, I, I bear witness to God's perfect timing. God always seems to show up when I need him most. Maybe you're in the same boat. Maybe you're like me, and it's like, there, it just seems like sometimes life is just crazy, and there's a million things going on, and there are times it's like, God, I need you to show up, and, 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 and when he does, it's always right on time. 
It wouldn't have worked out the way it would have if he was any earlier. It would not have worked out if he was any later. God's timing has always been perfect, and we've got to understand God's perfect timing. In Galatians 4, 4 through 5, it says, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. You see, it says in, in, in this scripture in Luke we just read, it was in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. That's when the angel came to Mary. Why was it at this time? Because if the angel would have come when Elizabeth was only three months along, I don't know if Elizabeth was a smaller person or a bigger person, but Mary might have looked at her and said, you're just, you're just bloated a little bit. You know what I mean? You're putting on a little, a little winter weight later. No, it had to be in the sixth month. You ever seen somebody that's in their sixth month of pregnancy? Most people look like they're pretty pregnant six months, unless you see some of those like freak of nature people who are like the bodybuilders. You ever see that? You know what I mean? And it's like the people who are like bodybuilders, the women, you know, and they have like, you know, a nine pack of abs, you know, but the ninth one is like a little larger and like, oh yeah, that ab right in there between these two abs, that's my baby. You know what I mean? And it's like creepy because how fit they are and like, you know, it's like, uh, there's a baby in there? I don't know. I don't understand that. Is he squished? Is his face flat? Like, are you smushing him with your abs? Because it's crazy looking like, uh, if you don't know what this looks like, just Google bodybuilder who is pregnant and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's the craziest thing. Don't know how I got off on a tangent. What you preach about today? Well, he's talking about bodybuilders being pregnant. It's the weirdest thing. Just the craziest thing. Six months. My wife was pregnant last year. At six months, she looked pretty pregnant. At six months, it was not just a good day at Chipotle. You know what I mean? Like, it was, it, she was pregnant. And I think that this truly helped Mary to grasp the magnitude and miracle that was just presented to her by an angel. She had to be, she had to be that far along, so it was undeniable that she's pregnant. The six months that baby is developed, that baby is a little human in there, and he's able to leap for joy when Mary's presence comes into the room, for he knows that Mary is about to carry the Savior of the world. I love it. I love reading about it. God's timing was perfect. We don't always understand in God's timing until after the fact. Before we ever had the idea for this church, I remember a couple of random people approaching me on occasions and saying, God is going to call you to preach and pastor a church. And I was like, uh, no, okay. That's not happening. Uh, that's, that's cute. Thank you for thinking of me in that way. But no, nah, that's, that's, that's not right. At that point, I said they were crazy. That was nowhere on the radar. It would have been impossible. There's no way. Then I began to meet with other pastors who were called to start churches. And even though they thought that, and, and they too thought that would never happen for them. And, and they had seen God move. And, and, and I, I got to witness some of their stories and see how their stories looked like mine. And God was using them. And it was crazy to think that God could ever do something through that. But his timing was perfect, and we, uh, we, you got to understand that we serve and trust in a God of the impossible, the God of miracles, the God of perfect timing. Mary, you're going to have a baby. Yeah, but I'm a virgin. Yeah, and your friend Elizabeth was super old and couldn't have one either, and she's six months along. So there. Okay, I guess, I guess it's possible for me to have a baby. I'm convinced. She's definitely pregnant. 
This brings me to my next point. God uses others' blessings to bless us. God uses others' blessings to bless us. This is something that I think the church really has to, to get a better grasp on. I think this is probably one of the weaker points that we, that, that we don't focus on and, and we don't realize. You see, what Mary was told by an angel was a lot to take in, but I believe it was her pal Elizabeth's testimony that helped her to truly understand the greatness of the blessings of our God. You see, God's timing was perfect. And the blessing in Elizabeth's life was something that encouraged Mary and she could celebrate as well. Elizabeth, you're pregnant? Look at this. You look like you're about ready to pop. You all have tried forever. And God's given you a, a child. It's a miracle. And guess what? Uh, an angel just came to me and said, uh, I'm about to carry a child as well. God uses others' blessings to bless us. You ever hear of something great happening to another person and you just get a little grouchy about it? <laughs> I do this. It's like, oh, really? That person? You know what I mean? Like, I'm Facebook friends, but I really don't like them. I'm not their real friend in real life. You know what I mean. You've got those, you've got those people you look at, and you're like, I'm just, I just uh, I'm not really friends with them, but I stay Facebook friends just so I can track what they got going on in their life and criticize them at every, every turn. Everybody's kind of squirming a little bit looking around each other because we know it's true, right? Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just the one horrible person that does that. I don't know. Possibly. It, 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 it could happen. But do you ever hear something happening to somebody else and you get a little grouchy about it? Do you know that that's, the, that's what the enemy would love to creep in and belittle that blessing? We all do it. I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it. Ah, oh, Bill at work, he got a promotion and I know his family can use the extra money, but man, he is so lazy. I know I work with him. Why did he get the promotion? The church, we can be the worst about it. Wow, that church down the road has really taken off. I don't understand it. Why do people like that church? Ugh, have you heard their preacher? He's way uglier than I am. Then I see preachers, I'm like, man, that guy's pretty good looking. Like, he's a better looking pastor. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd rather listen to him talk for, you know, 30 minutes in, in nice light. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I do the same thing. We do this, and it's, it's silly, and it's goofy. But we don't allow others' blessings to bless us. I love being friends with pastors, and, and sometimes there is that jealousy of like, oh, man, great things are happening for you. And I do my best to try to put those things aside when I talk to one of my pastor friends. Yeah, man, you know, we just, we just did this, or this program that we have. We just, um, we just helped, uh, you know, four, four addicts come through a recovery program. Man, that's incredible. That's awesome. Thank you for serving the Lord. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for opening your house for a ministry like that. That's incredible. I celebrate with you. I want to celebrate their victories and, and I want to celebrate their wins and their achievements because at the end of the day, we're all out trying to tell as many people as we can about Jesus and pull as many people to heaven with us as we can. And I don't care if they're Baptist or they're Methodist or Pentecostal or Nazarene or another independent or free will Baptist or um, 
uh, Old Time Regular Baptist or Southern Baptist or one of the 17 other Baptists that we have around this area. Like, it's okay. You know what I mean? Like, you're telling people about Jesus. I'm all right with that. I will celebrate your victories. We had five people get saved at our church today. Praise be to God. That's awesome. Thank you for preaching the gospel today. Imagine if we took that attitude and we applied it to the rest of our lives and we celebrated with other people's blessings. Imagine how we would get to be a part of that blessing, how we would get to receive part of that blessing. You see, God uses other people's blessings to bless us. That's what he was doing with Elizabeth and, and, and helping Mary to feel blessed. Mary just received some crazy news but it was getting to celebrate with her friend or cousin, as, as we find out in the scriptures, they're related, with her, you know, her friend Elizabeth. It, it really helped her to realize, God, you know what? God's up to something. I'm, I, I feel this blessing that you're getting. Like, God's using this blessing to help bless me right now. And it's, it's helping this pill that I've had to swallow of what's about to happen to me, what I'm going to go through. It's, it's helping me process it just a little bit more. It's helping me understand it just a little bit more. If the followers of Christ don't celebrate the goodness of God in others' lives, then who will? If we don't celebrate other people's blessings, then who will? The world's not going to celebrate your blessings. As followers of Christ, we should celebrate. We should celebrate. God wants to use others' blessings to bless us. Here's the third piece of this. Here's the third note, if you're taking notes, that I pulled from the scripture, and I want to I I tie this all together, is that this, is that God's calling is not always easy. In Luke, Mary asked the angel, she says, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. Listen, there's a lot to work through with being pregnant and having a baby. Usually it's not, one of the concerns is not that, well, I am a virgin and worrying about that. Like, there's a lot to take in here. There's a lot to process. There's a lot to try to comprehend and understand with our little pea-sized human brains when we have an angel of the Lord Most High coming to us and explaining what is about to happen. That's a lot to receive. That's a lot to take in. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who has said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Remember that line right there. No word from God will ever fail. There's some heavy-duty stuff being put on Mary. God, why me? People were going to talk. Oh, let's give them something to talk about. You heard about Mary, the virgin? You know what I mean? You heard about this chick? She's pregnant. She's definitely pregnant. Like, you could see she's pregnant, and she still claims to be a virgin. <laughs> yeah, that don't work takes two to tango. This, this ain't going to work out. She knew this. Mary's got all these thoughts running her head. What are people going to say? How are they going to treat me? They're going to talk. People were going to be people and do what people do. Mm. 
Yeah, Mary's a virgin. We've heard that one before, right? Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. But see, I love the reminder from the angel that no word from God will ever fail, period. No word from God will ever fail. And I feel like there's probably part of the story, I feel like Mary was kind of giving him some, some butts right here. But, 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 no. No word from God will ever fail, Mary. But what if they say, no, nah, I, don't, I don't care what they say, Mary. No word from God will ever fail. But how will they treat, no? Nah, no word from God will ever fail, Mary. You've got to understand this. And some of you have been called to step out on faith and do incredible things. Some of you in this room right now, I don't think any of you, I don't think the angel of the Lord has come to any of you and told you you're about to have a baby. That would be terrifying, especially if they told Jeff that, hey, Jeff, you're about to be baby because he'd be ugly as a, a pregnant dad. You know what I mean? Like, think about the old Schwarzenegger movie, you know, like where he, I'm killing the baby, you know, some weird, I don't even know what that movie was. But every time I think about like pregnant, or I think Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think I'm pregnant, and it's real uncomfortable to me. I'm like, who came up with that idea? And it was terrible, right, you know? Some of you have been asked to do hard things, step out on faith and do incredible things, and it feels like it could be an impossible task. Some of you have been sitting on things for a long time, like God came to you years ago, and he planted something in your heart, in your mind, and you just can't shake it. You've been called to do something. You've been called to be a part of a ministry. You've been called to serve. Maybe you've been called to teach or you've been called to preach or you've been called to lead in some capacity and you've just thought to, to yourself, man, this is just gonna be way too difficult. It feels like an impossible task. But I gotta tell you, if God brings you to it, he will bring you through it. You know why? Because no word from God will ever fail. So if that's you today and you're going through something, or you're wrestling with something, or you feel like God is calling you to something, hear me today. If you don't take away anything else from what I said in my stupid jokes today and my references to goofy movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger, if you don't, don't hear any of that, that's okay. I want you to hear this, that no word from God will ever fail. If he has called you to something, he's going to see it through. You don't have to worry about it because no word from God will ever fail. Some of, you, some of you have been praying for a miracle and don't quite understand why you haven't seen it yet. He is in the waiting. Don't you worry because no word from God will ever fail. God's given me a peace. I know he's going to deliver. I know he's going to come through. I just haven't seen it yet. Don't worry because no word from God will ever fail. The Christmas story is so much more than just a baby in a manger. You see, the Christmas story embodies the goodness of our great God. This is what we got to understand. It is so easy in the church world to just, all is calm, all is bright. And we just move on. We sing the songs. We know it well. You know, and we never stop to really think about it. Like I was joking the other day about goofy things that we do in the church. I was talking about, you know, like saying prayers, you know. Like we're talking about nursery rhymes and how a lot of these sweet nursery rhymes are like derived from really terrifying things. And we just take it for granted. We just sing these songs. And I said, what about the little prayer? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to to keep, and if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. <laughs> All right, Wyatt, I know you're three, and you're just learning to talk, and talk plain and well, we're going to recite this prayer. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, well, it's kind of terrifying when you stop and think about it. There is so much more that is not terrifying about the Christmas story, but there's so much more 
beyond just a baby in a manger and some animals and a stable and uh, some wise men and, and shepherds and, and a star. There's, that's all incredible, and that's, that's all so significant. But there is so much more going on, and I invite you this Christmas season to read the Christmas story and maybe find the point in the scripture in, in one of the gospels you start reading and back up a little bit and see some of the context leading up to that. And we're going to look at some of that a little bit more during this little Christmas series, the greatest story ever told. But the Christmas story, it does, it embodies the goodness of our great God. He is a faithful God. He is a loving God. And he is a perfect God. This Christmas season, I, I want you to, if you take anything away from this today, it's, it's that no word from God will ever fail. But I also, I want you to be able to better understand and recognize God's perfect timing in our lives. How he shows up right when you need him most. He, and he knows. You don't even know when you need him most, but he does. And that's when he's going to show up in your life. And when he's going to deliver you and do the things that you need him to I also want you to understand that God uses others' blessings to bless us. Look for blessings. Look around you this holiday season. We all know somebody that, that, that's going to get a blessing of some sort. They're going to see something. Let's celebrate with those people. Let's allow, let's allow ourselves to receive a little bit of a blessing. Oh, my best friend just got this, uh, you know, got this, uh, this good news that she was waiting on for a long time. Man, that's incredible. That's awesome. Let's celebrate with her. I'm going to write her a little note and say, I, you know what? I am so grateful that this happened to you. That's awesome. Let's receive a little bit of that blessing today. I want you to understand that God's calling is not always easy. Some of us are, are being called to great things. Some of us here may be world changers. I believe it in this room that there are people who could change the world. If we would just step into what he's called us to do, who he's called us to be. It goes so much deeper than a baby in a manger. So much deeper. So today I want to pray in just a moment. And I want to ask the Lord to search our hearts. And over the next few weeks, I want him to begin stirring in us and bringing stuff to the surface for us to think about. Some of it, some of it it's calling. Some of it is we need, we need to be people who are a little more grateful and, and see blessings in other people and for some of us, we've been worried about God not showing up in our lives and understanding his timing. And I'm going to ask him to give us a peace today so we can better understand his timing. Hey, this is Pastor Zach, and thanks for listening to the Center Point Church Podcast. Remember, hope is alive, and his name is Jesus.